0: We're all asking questions. From the beginning of time, we've asked these big questions. We looked at it in the video there. Whether we realise it or not, we're we're kind of constantly asking, why are we here? Uh, Who am I? Uh, Where do I fit? Do I fit? What's my purpose? Am I doing the right thing with my life? Um, From sort of time began, we've asked those questions. And then the, the poets, the philosophers of today, the Taylor Swifts, the Barbies, the Disneys are then looking to answer them. And I think we saw there in a relatively confusing and scary way. We saw it with the Taylor Swift quote that our culture is increasingly individual. We want to be who we want to be. That's the motto. We write our own scripts. We uh, hold the weight of writing our own scripts. We're the centre of the universe, we're told, and then we're told to look to ourselves to define who we are and what we should do. And to a point that's okay, but ultimately it is completely fragile. It leaves us destabilized, confused. You saw that in that graduation speech from Taylor Swift. It's terrifying. One result of this scientists' point to is a significant increase in mental health concerns amongst Generation Z. Statistically, today's generation of young people are more anxious, depressed, and less Christian than ever before. Our society is confused. And our children are growing up in a world which is increasingly unsure of itself. I don't know how you find yourself sitting here today. You may feel relatively sure and certain of who you are. You may have found that through looking at the Bible. You may not. You may just be here full of questions. Maybe if you are a Christian here today, you may be lacking confidence when it comes to conversations with your friends about these big questions. So where do we go to answer the questions our souls ask? Does my work really matter? Am I doing the right thing? Am I making the best use of the time I have on earth? Do I have value? Well, we can look in three places for answers. We can look to ourselves. Seems to be what most of the culture is telling us. We define ourselves. We can look to others. Let others define who we are. Or we can look up and out to God. feels controversial maybe to talk about that third one, whilst not surprising at all to hear in a church. Yet, Again, when we look out at our society, looking up in one way and asking these big questions seems to be an unstoppable human urge. And the Bible says we can have confidence in finding answers to these questions. The Bible, as we've just seen throughout this first part of our time together, is incredibly relevant to all of human life. It's not about our own understanding It's not about this is me, a famous song from the greatest showman. It's God saying to us, this is who I made you to be. We can find out who we are as we look at the Bible. We can find out uh, what the meaning of our lives is. Not as we look inside, but as we look up to God and listen to what he has to say about us. And that's what we're going to do in these next seven weeks. God has spoken. And so we can listen and come with confidence to the Bible with the biggest questions in life. In these first two weeks, we're going to look at two related things from these verses in Genesis. We're just going to look really at one verse in real detail. We are created in the image of God. And today we start with the first truth, which is that we are created. If you were at our training session on Wednesday, we have a training session in January. We were looking at the Bible and we looked at how God's word is inspired. It's without error. So our regular diet at town churches, we preach through passages and books of the Bible. Um, and we're doing just the same here. But instead of maybe looking at lots of verses, uh, we're honing in today on one word. Really. Created. But before we get to that one word, we need to start with another word. God. Because we're created by God right at the start. The first words in the Bible. Genesis 1.1. 1, 1, in the beginning. God. The first thing. The Bible tells us about reality. The Bible tells us about the universe is that there is an all-powerful God and he created. It wasn't chance. It wasn't random. It was deliberate and it was designed. It's a world created by someone. The Bible doesn't start with who we are. So we're not starting there. It doesn't start with our purpose, with our meaning, with our identity. It starts with God. Because we can... Only understand ourselves and our place in creation when we understand who God is. But who is this God? Who is this God? Well, what does the Bible say about what He's like? What, is, most importantly, does the Bible say about what He's like before God created the universe? This really matters to think about what was God like before the universe was created? And whenever the Bible does talk about that, it talks about how God was in eternity. And it talks about what theology calls the Trinity. This is the unique teaching of Christianity, that the eternal God has always been Father, Son and Spirit. And he made himself known in the biblical acts of the Father sending the Son and sending the Holy Spirit. The, the Bible says that God has always existed. He's always been three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. So what was God up to before creation? Have you ever thought about this? There's loads to say, but let's hone in really quickly on two things. What was God doing before creation? Well, he was living a fulfilled life. He was happy. John seventeen five, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. He had all he needed. Father, Son, and Spirit, then we're loving each other. John 17, again, Father, you loved me before the foundation of the world. Then when it comes to creation, we see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit creating together. The Father speaking through the word as the Spirit hovers over the waters. So what was God doing for creation? He was living a fulfilled life and the Father, Son, and Spirit were loving each other. But Johnny, why does that matter? as we think about creation. Why does it matter as we think about what it means to be human? Well, because our view of God, our understanding of him really matters. Uh, I'd argue it probably matters more than anything else. More than whether creation was a literal six days or not. We can get stuck on that with this passage particularly. We're not going to look at that today. But we want to look at who God is and what he's like, because who we think God is makes all the difference. We can't just have a a general idea of what God is like. We need a specific view and thankfully God through the Bible tells us what he's like and through Jesus we see it in human flesh. But God is Trinity and that really matters. Let me show you why. I studied uh, Islam at university. I spent a lot of time meeting and chatting to Muslims and I wrote my final dissertation on do Muslims and Christians worship the same God. And the fundamental answer is the simple answer is whilst there's may seem to be some similarities that they do not. And this really matters. You see, Allah is a completely different God. There's no father, there's no son, there's no spirit. There's just Allah, Allah is one. And so he functions very differently. And so the world he creates is a very different world. Allah is completely other from creation. And the result is he's completely unknowable in any sort of intimate sense. You can't have a relationship in the same sense. He only reveals his will, not himself. But a God who is Trinity allows us, especially through the coming of Jesus, to know God intimately, as God has always designed it to be. And by his spirit now, he reminds us that God is our Father, who we can know with everything in our hearts. Trinity is essential. Mike Reeves has a superb book on the Trinity I can recommend. He says, the Trinity is the cockpit of all Christian thinking. So God is Trinity and that really matters. But what does that make to our difference of humanity? Well, it shows us that God is personal. And so our world is personal. The most sort of foundational thing about God is that he's a loving, personal God. He's always been loving. We always see Right from the beginning, the Father and the Son and the Spirit together. We see them then in creation, creating together. The most fundamental principle of the world, according to the Bible, is that God is personal. Before anything existed, there was a personal, loving God. He's always been one God, three persons. This will, as we look at in the next few weeks, have serious implications when we think about humanity that we're personal, we're designed to be in relationship just as God has been. We have personality, we have character. We're not just matter which has evolved. God is personal, the world is personal. And the second thing we see, God doesn't need us. When we look at what he was like before the world was created, we see he had everything he needed. He did not need to create us. He does not need you, he does not need me. It's why at the heart of the Christian story, The good news is all about grace, not what we can do for God, not what we need to do for God, but what he has done for us because he did not need to create. I find that really humbling, that God did not need to make me. He he wasn't lonely. He didn't want slaves to, to work for him. Most other religions in the world basically land with that narrative because it's the only one which makes sense if you have a God who's on his own, who's primarily existing just all about his own pleasure. You end up with a God who basically wants slaves to work for you. But the Trinity shows that God did not need to create. It's why the Christian story is radical and the greatest story for the world to understand. He was completely happy. He was in a perfect relationship. He did not need to create. So why did he? Two things, two reasons why he created. But well, he created for his glory. We're going to look more at what it means to be created in God's image next week. But the point of an image is to image, to show off the original, to magnify the original. God made humans in his image so that the world would be filled with reflectors of God, images of God, seven billion statues, if you will, of God. So that nobody would miss the point of creation. But nobody could miss the point of humanity. Namely God knowing, loving and showing God. This is the best way for humanity to live. as creatures under the creator who know him, who love him and then who show him to others. Isaiah 43 uh, says this. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory... Whom I formed and made. Now, if we said that a human wanted to be glorified, we'd call that person a well, a megalomaniac, a narcissist, and full of his own ego. Yet, it's it's perfectly obvious that God alone is worthy of receiving glory and praise from His creatures. Uh, think about it in sport or in cinema. We've got the Oscar nominations I think coming out today. Uh, we see the Ballon d'Or, things like that in sport. When somebody wins a race, they get a medal. And they deserve it because they've won the race. It'd be really odd to see fourth place get a medal, stand on the podium. It'd be stealing the glory due to the winner. When somebody does something worthy of praise, we should praise them. We should glorify them in that sense. God is totally praiseworthy in all that he does. It'd be weird. It'd be wrong, in fact, for us not to praise him. In all of creation, this side of the fall, he's the only one who's ever acted perfectly in every way all of the time. So as his creatures, our ultimate purpose is to glorify him, to praise him. That's our purpose. We're not made for ourselves. Now, as I said, we don't do this perfectly now. In fact, since Genesis 3, these statues, these images have been totally fractured. It's why idolatry, the worshipping of another is the heart of all sin, because we were made to worship him alone. And when we make ourselves, we make something else God, we steal the glory which only God deserves. Creation then, as we've just seen it described here and made here, shows off his glory. Creation is a great gift to us to understand more of God. Psalm 19 says the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Everything in creation from us to the trees to the skies to whatever it might be which has been made, is communicating something from God about God. It shows us God. We've been made for His glory, but how do we then give Him glory now? We do it by enjoying Him, delighting in Him, praising Him. We do it by enjoying Him and enjoying what He's made, His creation, the people He's made us to live amongst. Look at creation. Look at it in all its beauty and its intricacy. It's one of the reasons why we, well, a majority of us here in this room, I imagine, quite like things like planet Earth, and we sit down and watch them. Look at creation, all its beauty and its intricacy. It shows God off. For example, the stars. I don't know if you saw uh, this news this week. I didn't understand most of what the article said, but basically it said, huge ring of galaxies challenges thinking on cosmos. The scientists were saying it is so big it challenges our understanding of the universe. It's um, 1.3 billion light years in diameter. I've no idea what that means, but it's huge. Um, it's within, uh, outside our galaxy by the sounds of it. In our galaxy, there are 100 million, no, sorry, 100,000 million stars, it says here. It's a lot. Our galaxy is then of one of 100,000 million galaxies. And look down at me, Genesis 1, verse 16. It seems like a throwaway line. He also made the stars. He also made the stars. Such is God's power and majesty. And the only right response as we look up at the stars is awe and praise. So, this week, will we delight in his creation. Will we stop and take a moment to look at it in detail. All the different types of trees, the grass, the clouds, the sky, whatever you want to dream and think about. Look at them and let them cause you to praise God. Then look around at each other. Don't do it now, it'd be awkward. Um, I can look at you. But you're all people who have been made in the image of God. You've been made in His likeness. And let that, that cause you to praise Him this week. Whenever you see anything loving or you experience love this week, remember God is behind all that love. When you see anything beautiful, remember he is behind all beauty and he uses it to point to himself when you experience joy remember he is behind all that joy there's way more i could say here i'd love to but remember this if you remember anything from this first bit every moment of love of life and of beauty and of joy points to him ultimately and may to cause us to praise him and give him all the glory So sweet, when you smile, when you laugh, when you do something you love to do, when you see something beautiful, thank God for it. And think of what it shows you about God, your creator. It's showing you something of him, of what he is like. So God created for his glory, but a little bit as we looked at that, he also created so we might be loved by him and love him. God created so we would Share in the delight of the relationship which God himself experiences within the Trinity. God is love. He did not make love. He is love. And he wants us to share in that love. We see that if you look in John 17. I encourage you to read it later. It's great. Because since God has always loved the Son, it is entirely with his character to then turn and create others that he might also love them. God so loved the world, he gave his only son to us. And the father so delights in his son that he gives us to him. The father and the son together then give us a spirit. And the spirit gives us comfort and grace and power and reminds us of God's work in our hearts and in our midst. God is fundamentally a giving God. He has love at his core. He didn't need to create, but he chose to create And now think about less abstractly. Think about you. God fundamentally created the world as a gift. And he created you to love you. Stop for a minute. Just let that sink in. This is the main reason God made you. He didn't need to make you, he chose to make you. And he made you so he could love you. What a God this is that we worship. God enjoys having others with him. He's always enjoyed showing his love to others. He showed it in the Trinity. And now he rejoices to shower it on us through his son, Jesus. He creates because it's part of his DNA to give good gifts, to love others. He didn't need to, but he chose to. He created for his pleasure. And in his pleasure, he created us to know him and to worship him. So, Why did God create the world? It's a big question. Scripture tells us it was for his glory. He did not create out of need. He was not lonely. He was supremely happy within the fellowship of the Trinity. Now, he created the world to put his glory on display so that people might know him, might love him, might show him off and might experience that love which he's had for eternity. First question in. The Westminster Shorter Catechism asked, what is the chief end of man? What's the goal of man? It says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And you've made that your primary goal this week, if it isn't already. Because as you do so, that's where you'll find life and you'll find freedom. As you take your eyes off yourself and onto him, you'll begin to truly live if you believe in God today or you don't yet believe in God, the most liberating thing I can tell you is that you are not the centre of the universe. We're not God. We don't form our own identity and this is good. You do not need to be confused and scared like Taylor Swift is in that speech. You are not the centre of the universe. We're not God and that is a good thing. Let's take a beat. Um, 60 seconds, person next to you. I've told you one reason why I think it's good we're not God. Any other reasons why you think it's good that we're not God? 60 seconds, person next to you. <coughs> It is a good thing we're not God. I am known for being a killer of plants. Uh, if you give me a pot plant, I'm not sure if anyone in this church has given us a plant. If you have, I'm so, well, I'm not sorry. It's just, it's your fault because um, I can guarantee it will be dead within weeks. Um, same for Caroline. She's not good either. Uh, we're not very good at sustaining life. Um, <laughs> get me to plant a seed, nurture it, grow into something beautiful. I will likely kill it as well. Our garden is uh, functional got grass. Even then, I need to get Gledson to help me with it. I'm not great at growing things, at keeping things alive. Fortunately, I'm slightly better when it comes to children. Um, but even then, we are creatures by definition, and that means we're not creators. Now, it doesn't mean we don't make things. Sign in a few weeks' time, is going to look at this, how, like God, we're creative. Um, but we don't create in a life-giving, sustaining way. We're limited I have children, and in some way I made them, but in every other way I did not. We see here God makes the first human, we see it in Genesis 2, we'll look at it a little bit next week. He makes all human beings. Every single person who's ever lived, who will ever live is made by God. And we're not quite made in the same way as Adam and Eve. Uh, and yet, as the psalmist says, he knitted us together in our mother's womb. We are created We're made by God, we're given value by him and we're utterly dependent on him. When God created, he didn't get his tools together and begin to craft something he created out of nothing. And he said is the repeated line again and again here in Genesis 1. God spoke and it was. He generated the atoms and the molecules and shaped them into planets and stars and seas and land and animals. But when God made humans, he did not start with nothing. He made Adam from dust. He made Eve from Adam. And we're not created by nothing either. There's a super book we're going to read as a book club. I was going to wave it here. It says in my notes, so I've forgotten it. Um, it's an excellent book by uh, a lady called Ros Clark. We're going to be reading as our book club this term. Uh, it's excellent, and it starts here as the most fundamental thing we need to know about being human. That when God makes us, he starts by joining an egg and a sperm. Uh, I don't know all the ins and outs of this, but it eventually makes its way into the womb where it multiplies cells and begins to grow into a human body. For about nine weeks, um, that single cell has already become really recognisable as a human. Now, we cannot and we do not control this process. For some of you, you know that painful reality only too well. We are fundamentally not in control of the process of conception. What we can say is that every time a child is conceived, it's because God has breathed life into that fertilized cell. It's because God is beginning, to, beginning his work of knitting a new person together. We know tragically um, there are complications sometimes as we live this side of the fall. But we can have absolute confidence. If you're sitting here today, you can have absolute confidence. We are here because God made us, God planned and designed and created you. There are no accidents, happy or not, in God's design. God wanted you. He wanted precisely you with your DNA, with your specific time, your date of birth, your specific biological parents. He knitted you together so you'd be that tall or had that skin tone, that type of hair or lack of hair. He made you with a unique personality and talents. Psalm 139, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. If you're sitting here today, whether you feel like it or not, you've been made by God and you've been made fearfully and wonderfully. Whether you believe in God or not, that is the truth. So we depend on God totally to bring us into the world. And we depend on him now for ongoing life every second of every day because he's our creator God. Jesus explains this to the disciples. He says this, look at the birds of the air. Know what Jesus is doing here. He's looking at creation saying, what can I learn about God from it? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, they do not reap, they do not store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Maybe you need to hear this today. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? If God provides for the birds, for all they need, how much more will he provide for you, his precious children? We do not need to worry because we can trust God. We should not worry because it is pointless, Jesus says here. We can't keep ourselves alive even if we wanted to. He is in control and we depend on him for all things. So if you're prone to worry, and we all are in some ways, rest. God is creator. We are not. Trust God to be God because you cannot be. If you're a parent here today, trust your children's lives to him as well. You are not their God. Praise God for that. Of course, take your responsibilities, parents, really seriously. Take your responsibility as humans really seriously, but don't be anxious. Cast all your cares on Him and remember you can't do everything. And when you're feeling worried, pray to Him. Ask Him to help. Put the thing you're worrying about in God's hands. Maybe take 10 seconds. Imagine that even now. Whatever you're worrying about, your primary concern right now, imagine you're placing it into God's hands. Stop trying to be God. Embrace the fact you're a creature, not the creator. And depend on him and trust him. He he made you because he loves you. He did not need to, but he chose to. We're going to spend the next seven weeks looking at really what it means to be made in God's image. How this gives us dignity and value and meaning and purpose and hope in all we do. But where do we land today? I've got three things which hopefully have flown through what we've said. But just if you're a note taker and you've actually brought a pen, even though we didn't tell you to bring a pen. um, Here's three things. Be encouraged. I think that's come through in the last 10 minutes. You're the pinnacle of creation. We see that here and here. We'll look at it more next week. It's the pinnacle of creation. God created everything. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. And after he made humanity, it was very good. As a human, you have been created deliberately, precisely. You've been knitted together in your mother's womb by God himself. You've not been made because God needed you, but because he loved you. So be encouraged. You may need to hear that today. Be thankful. In light of that, be grateful for all he has made in creation. but grateful that he's made you. We can now live lives of joy and delight in light of us. He made for his pleasure. And as those made in his image, we can worship him by delighting and thanking him for all he's made. Remembering it all points to him. Finally, be humbled. You're not God. So depend on him. It's fundamentally a good thing. We can rest in him and be thankful. If you're anxious and worried about life today, he knows you are, and he loves you, and he knows you, and he says, just friend, come to me, trust me. Just look at the birds, I care for them. How much more does he care for you? Someone made in his image. The world says you can define yourself. It says be whoever you want it to be. That the world could never imagine it so good as we see here. Couldn't imagine an identity like this. Our culture has experienced a crisis of confidence. People are beginning to question again who they are, where they make their own meaning and identity. And the Christian story is the best story for the world to understand. It's the best story for us to understand here today a firm and solid identity based on a firm foundation God Himself. Christian, will you have confidence as you go into the world? Will you remember it? The world offers us alternatives, they're rubbish. If you're here and you're just looking in, you're so welcome. Will you keep journeying with us? Join us for the next seven weeks. We're going to unpack the Christian story, how it's the story that explains who you are, It explains how to flourish in life. In the beginning, God created. It is very, very good. I'm going to pray uh, whilst Emma and Rachel get up and then we're going to sing and praise God together now before uh, we share communion. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you that you are the creator God. Lord, let that give us great confidence and encouragement and joy today to know that you are the creator sustaining all things. And yet you chose to create us and you love us. Lord, we're excited to look more at what it really means to be human. We praise you that your word tells us. We don't need to be scrambling in the dark looking for answers, Lord. You have spoken. Give us ears to listen, hearts ready to respond. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Let's sing together now.